Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans. Where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OHIO! Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I am your host, Buckeye Boggs. That man over there is the wild man himself, Chris Wilds. Happy Super Bowl Sunday, everybody. Hope all of you are enjoying the Super Bowl. It's about halftime, isn't it, Chris? I haven't really been paying much attention here, but I figured uh, we'll be your halftime entertainment because Lord knows that the halftime entertainment this year is going to stink royally. Yeah. Well, and and I'll tell you what, Eric, let me, let me just get this out of the way. I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. I have no idea what you mean when you say happy, happy Super Bowl Sunday. (laughs) I I, I just don't know what you're talking about. I know this is national commercial day. Yes. Uh, That, that, that's about the extent of of my, my knowledge as it comes to the Super Bowl. And, And let's face it, you know, I've watched a little bit of NFL this year, and I'm kind of getting the feeling like Vince McMahon's running the whole thing anyhow. Uh-oh. So, Uh-oh. Just, just saying. Don Hoffers, he's surprised we're recording tonight. Don, I'm a Bengals fan. That guy over there is a Browns fan. This is just another normal Sunday, my man. <laughs> That's all it is. So I, I at church today, I asked everybody how many Browns fans there were. You know, about half the congregation raised their hand. I said, well, we'll see you all tonight at church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she, how did the how did the uh, sale for the Girl Scout cookies go for you this weekend? Oh man, man let me tell you, the girls did great, uh, just just tremendous. We've we've already hit about uh, three quarters of the of the sales we had for all last year, and, and it's the first weekend of booth season, man. So yeah, they're they're doing a really good job this year. Uh, you know, really really psyched about the girls. Uh, you know, but but I'm, I'm even more psyched that we are live tonight, Eric, and that I've got something to do. Other than watch a game that I have absolutely no interest in. 
Uh, Ryan Wickerham says, "Go Eagles!" Of course, the Browns. Hey, Ryan, good to see you tonight, my man. I've got I got some I got some little jingle riding on the Eagles flying high tonight. Uh, so far, so good. One Is of that the, a Rocky um, reference? The flying high? That's maybe. A, I don't know. Like, which Rocky are you talking about? I don't know. Just in general. That's the that, 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 that theme song, isn't it? The, but, uh, you know, Eric, I, I heard rumor, and Ryan can chime in and let us know. I heard rumor that Ryan is going to have a spring game tailgate. Oh, is he now? Uh-oh. That's what I'm hearing. Wow. Well, maybe you can be a part of that, huh, Chris? All right, guys. We have it's time for our drawing for the Hang On Sloopy OHIO podcast t-shirt. Uh, we put all of you who follow. We actually got, I believe, four or five new people this week, Chris. Uh, uh, so what I've done is I've taken all of you whose name uh, is viewable on YouTube. I put it into a program here on my other computer to just randomly generate a name. And so we're going to hit the enter button. It should be good to go. I'm going to hit the enter button and we're going to see whose name pops up to win this free t-shirt. So here we go. All right. Enter. And it is Jennifer Hosh. H-O-S-C-H. Jennifer Hosh. You have won a free t-shirt. I will try my best to get in contact with you. I hope you see this video and uh, you uh, let me know if that's you so you can get your free t-shirt. Let me know which size and where you where you live and we'll be happy to mail that out to you free of charge. We're going to have another drawing next week. It's going to be a little bit different. So what you need to do is you need to go to our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash The Ohio Podcast this week. When we post our videos this week, our, our YouTube videos, we will put in there, go to the YouTube video and hit the like button and make sure you're subscribed. If you do those things, you will automatically be entered in next week's drawing. And we're going to give away next week, Chris, one of the programs from this past season uh, that we picked up from the shoe. And those bad boys were not cheap this year. They actually no. doubled in price to $20 a program. We got an extra program we will send out to somebody Next week, all you've got to do, like I said, go to our YouTube channel, hit the like button on, on the videos that we post this week, and you will automatically be entered in. Like we said, please make sure you subscribe and ring that bell. All right, Chris, let's dive into tonight's topic, shall we? Let's do it. Here we go. Recruiting versus the transfer portal, Chris. There has been a lot of, shall we say, debate uh, in Buckeye Nation. As to is Ryan Day and and is the football program doing enough when it comes to recruiting using NIL and, of course, the transfer portal. Now, Ryan Day has brought on more people this offseason in the transfer portal than he has in previous offseasons. So he is using the transfer portal a little bit more. But does that mean we have more holes to fill? Possibly. Uh, is it been a lack of development? Possibly. Is it because we're losing people to the portal? You know, the portal does giveth and the portal does taketh away. So, Chris, I want to hear from you your, you first. When it comes to recruiting and the transfer portal, what do you think Ryan Day's philosophy is and what would be your philosophy if you were Ryan Day when you look at those two things and compare them? Well, I'll tell you, let me touch on the portal first. I actually like what Ryan Day has done a lot in the portal. Um, I think that obviously we got those NIL dollars we could throw around a little bit more. Uh, you know, I think that Ryan Day is 
One of the things, for better or worse, uh, about Ryan Day and our program at Ohio State is I think they try to keep it above board. I think that they aren't going out and doing what schools like uh, Texas A&M, schools like, um, I I know some of the Florida schools have done it, where they're just outright saying, hey, we are going to pay you. Um, They're trying to stick to the letter of the law, I think. Um, And and what he is doing with that, I, I really like what he's doing with the portal as far as, if you look back at what he's done with the portal, uh, you know, in 19, he brought in uh, Justin Fields and Jonah Jackson. If you look at, uh, at 2020, we had Trey Sermon come in. Uh, 21 was Noah Ruggles. Uh, 22, of course, we had Tanner McAllister, uh, Parker Lewis, and, and Chip Tranenbaugh came in. Uh, and this this year, we've already seen uh, the, the cornerback, and I'm going to butcher this name, Eric. I know I'm going to. Uh, Davison Igbenison. Sure. I'm try that. Uh, you know, he was the top cornerback available out there in the, in the portal uh, that was still available when we got to him. Uh, we brought in Jihad Carter, uh, John Fairman, the long snapper, uh, Victor Cutler, the offensive tackle, and uh, Tristan uh, Gebbia, the cornerback. The what I think he does very well is I think that he actually does a good job of addressing needs. And I, I think he doesn't just bring people in to bring people in from the portal. You look at guys like Greg Schiano, like Mel Tucker, these are guys who are building teams and many times out of the portal. He's not doing that. He's addressing his immediate needs in the portal. He's bringing in guys that make sense. And I think guys that can contribute and be better uh, and make the program better. Um, As far as recruiting goes, I mean, obviously – We've had a lot of recruiting success under Ryan Day as far as our national ranking with the classes. Uh, You look at our wide receiver room uh, specifically. uh, You look at our quarterbacks. um, But one thing that I thought he'd been okay about and then started getting a little better about was recruiting Ohio. I mean, if you look back at the uh, 2023 uh, recruiting class that's going to be coming in, he nailed, I think, eight of the top nine recruits out of the state of Ohio for the 2023 class. But you go to that 2024 class, that concerns me a little bit because, yeah, we've nailed like five of the top nine, but we nailed number one, and I think it's like number five or six is our next recruit. That middle section, that two through five, uh, we've got some of these guys go to that team up north. I think Notre Dame's got their hands on some. Uh, so, so this is an area I really would like to see addressed more is the recruiting of the state of Ohio and really just locking these guys down. We should be getting seven out of the top ten out of Ohio every season, every season without fail. That is the one thing that I'd like to see uh, done a little bit better. But as far as recruiting goes, I don't have a huge problem with it because he's constantly getting these top five, top six classes uh, since he's been in, in, in charge. You know, um, a lot of that has to do with the, the great recruiting from the uh, assistant coaches as well. Uh, you know, we've got great recruiters and assistants. I think it's only going to get better with guys like James Laurinaitis coming on now too. But if there is one weakness I have in Ryan Day's recruiting and um, transfer portal philosophy, it's that we're not getting enough from Ohio. And possibly, as I said, maybe we need to loosen the reins a little. And, and, and this is going to spark some debate, I'm sure. 
but loosen the reins a little. The other schools are all doing it. Maybe it's time for us to just come out and say, listen, we're, we're going to pay you to play. So that, that, that's kind of my take on that. <clears throat> Let me read Don Hoffer's comment here. <clears throat> I think it's because we are losing people uh, talking about bringing people in from the portal. But bringing in people who have a year of college development uh, benefits us. In my opinion, I think Ohio State looks for the right fit for the good of the program. I agree, I agree. Don. Uh, Pantone uh, met with the media. It was either a week ago or a week, two weeks ago, uh, one of the two. And he basically talked about how NIL was being used uh, basically for the current roster more so than the recruits coming in. Now, there were a handful of recruits that came to Ohio State that signed NIL deals as soon as they were on campus. Those NIL deals were um, not insignificant, but they were not what was being promised, say, like Florida, Miami. Um, A&M. A&M. Yeah, A&M. Gosh. But uh, it, 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 the thing is, is what Pantone was saying to these guys is, hey, look, you come here, you perform – you develop, you're going to get paid well. Um, I don't know what the number was that C.J. Stroud brought in this past season or uh, Jackson Smith and the Jigba, um, but it was not insignificant at all. They had some very nice NIL deals, and I would not be surprised, Chris. C.J. was seven figures. I guarantee that. I want to say C.J. Stroud was between a million or two million this year is, is the number and that we're going around. Um, so – you know, that's not insignificant. Now, is that a multi-million dollar deal just walking on campus? No, you he had to earn that, like you said. So it was significant enough that CJ hesitated before making the announcement that he was going to enter his name into the NFL draft. I still think if they would have came through with a 13 or $14 million deal, he would be the starting quarterback next year. I truly I believe that. I don't think 13 or 14 million dollars to any one player in college is, is it justified no. No. It's not justified but I am telling you that would have done it. <laughs> Possibly. I I you know It would have been more than he would have made on his first two years of his rookie contract. He, but the faster he gets to the NFL Chris the, quicker the faster he gets to that second deal. You know, he's 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 banking on himself here a little bit. But Yeah. What I'm getting at is this. You have to have a very good um, give and take when it comes to recruiting versus the transfer portal. Let's take a look at Michigan State. Mel Tucker came in, and in 2021, that entire roster yeah. was basically transfer portal U. And they did really well. They did really, really well in 2021. But they also all graduated. What happened? They all graduated. He went back to the well in 2022, and it was a swing and a miss in 2022. So like I always say, the portal giveth and the portal taketh away. So you have to strike a very good a level there. Um, just be very, very cognizant of the fact that you still need to build a very good recruiting class. Now, I would say the difficulty for these college coaches right now that Urban Meyer didn't have to deal with, uh, that Nick Saban is struggling to deal with right now. And he's verbalized as much. <laughs> is the re-recruiting -re of your roster. Right. 
there there should not be any poaching taking place, and that is exactly what is taking place. I mean, I think a Mecca let the cat out of the bag down in the Peach Bowl that there's been some people who reached out to him. Um, there was a lot of rumors that USC and was hot on the trail. Good for him for blowing the whistle on that, too. Good for him for doing that. Uh, Marvin Harrison, uh, uh, there was a lot of rumors that USC was after him to go out there, that they were going to offer him a big-time multi-million dollar deal through the NIL to go out there. So that's not that shouldn't be happening. And again, here's the thing, though. No one's going to stop it because the NCAA has zero teeth at this point. They have no backbone. Look at what they did to Kansas basketball. Kansas basketball right now should be on the, under the death penalty. Yes. Nothing. North Carolina was making fictitious classes for guys. Nothing. They went in and basically both Kansas and North Carolina said, we don't care about what you think. We're still going to go play basketball and do what we want. And you're seeing that in Ann Arbor right now with Jim yeah. Harbaugh. NCAA, NCAA came in. They said, hey, you're not being truthful to us. You're not being forthcoming. And Jim Harbaugh's going, why do I care? You you guys don't have any power, and you're not doing anything about these rules that are happening uh, right now. And I don't want to give Jim Harbaugh credit for anything. But he's not wrong. He is not wrong. And if I'm Jim Harbaugh, I'm doing the exact same thing. So here's my issue right now and and the reason why I'm a little bit concerned. You brought it up, Chris. The 2024 recruiting class in the state of Ohio is loaded. This is the best class we have had in the state of Ohio of high school athletes and dare I say, more than a decade or more. And right now, Ryan Day is struggling to land these guys, yeah. and I think NIL has a lot to do with that. You've got the top tight end in the state of Ohio already committed to LSU. You have two of the top 15 in the class of Ohio already committed to that team up north, yeah. one of which is an offensive tackle. Um, you have two more in that top 15 who are have crystal balls in and are leans to Michigan already. Now we do have some crystal balls in for these guys. Um, but Alabama's sniffing around. Tennessee is all on a lot of these guys. And you know Tennessee's been offering a lot and of money. They're throwing the money around. Yeah. They're almost as bad as AM. So we have got to to figure out how this collective that they're talking about can generate enough NIL to the to this class of local youngsters to want to keep them home. Um, it says Facebook user. I don't know who exactly is this name. There's no name on it. it. Just says Facebook user. NIL equals the death of college sports. I don't necessarily disagree. Yeah, we've um, been saying that for a year, Eric. Yeah, there's got to be guardrails up. Okay, um, if we don't put guardrails up, there's going to be a lot of people who drive that drive their careers off a cliff. Yes. And so we've got to put some guardrails up. And the only way that's going to happen is these co- is these uh, conferences come together and collectively say, all right, the NCAA is a joke. We need a commissioner. The problem is I just don't see that happening, Eric, because the conferences can't get along. You know, and, and you, you look at the, the Big Ten. I mean, we, we had a, we had a uh, 
a coalition uh, of, of conferences for what about a week before the Big Ten went out and and knocked off half the half the guys that are supposed to be in the coalition with them. You know, taking out a taking starting to take apart the uh, the Pac-10. You know, the SEC. Nobody wants to be in bed with the SEC. Nobody likes them down there, outside of the SEC. It's a mess. I, I think it's going to end up breaking down into a couple of super conferences. Is what's going to end up happening. I don't disagree with you, Chris. And I, I, at the end of the day, I'm wondering if it's going to be three, if it's going to be or four. But you, if you're going to have the Big Ten, the ACC, the SEC, and, and possibly a Big Twelve, what's left of the Pac-12 merger. Um, and then maybe a group of five, the, the what's previously, or everybody else. It's yeah. it's a possibility. Um, let's do this. Um, here, let's, let me read one more comment, and then we're going to put up percentages on these, uh, Chris. I'm very ignorant to where the NIL money comes from. And as you say, with no regulations, it is Nick Satan's wild, wild west. Thank but it's you not his that. anymore. That's the problem. <laughs> it's passed him by. That's how crazy it's gotten. So... Um, where's the money come from? These collectives, it's basically boosters. So you're rich guys who really, who want to see a championship. Um, the rich get richer. In other words, how, you know, and the problem that Ohio state has had is they've been taking these, this money from these boosters to build these stadiums and these, these facilities on campus. We have some of the nicest facilities for the Olympic sports in, in the entire country. And dare I say the nicest, our track field, Jesse Owens Stadium, is amazing. Uh, they have a brand new tennis facility. Did they just build a new lacrosse facility as well? A brand new lacrosse field has opened up, this, and they're actually playing their inaugural season in it right now. Just started. We have the Cavelli Center, which is uh, the wrestling and the um, and the gymnastics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not be sh- shocked if we don't see a brand new, smaller arena for hockey uh, mm-hmm. very soon. Um, so there's there's a lot going on over there on campus where uh, the the money from the boosters has been funneled into that for the athletic department where some of these other programs they're taking that booster money and they're literally just giving it to the athletes to get them to come to their school. But, but you know, you look back historically before all this NIL was allowed, that's where you you put the money because it was the facilities, it was the 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 educational facilities and what was available on campus, that's what drew these kids in. That's just not that way anymore. No. And, and Mark Pantone talked about that. He said if a, if a recruit comes to our campus and his number one concern is NIL, we don't want him. I don't know that that's going to be – if that's going to sustain this program long-term if you keep yeah. that um, – idea and, and theory. So let's do this real quick and per, give a percentage of it when it comes to recruiting versus uh, the transfer portal. When it comes to Ryan Day's emphasis of this, how much percentage should he be putting on recruiting versus how much should be put on the transfer portal when it comes to player acquisition for this season? For this season, I, I I would say we should be looking seventy percent recruiting, thirty percent transfer portal. Because I think as you look, the next couple of seasons we are okay uh, at most positions. Um, 
where I'd like to see him attack maybe the transfer portal would be in maybe getting a little more experienced help along the offensive line. Uh, aside from that, I feel pretty good. Um, so I'm going to say a 70-30 type thing maybe um, as we look at the recruiting versus the transfer portal. I think we've got to get stronger at, at the recruiting end of it. Um, and if that means passing around a little, you know, a few NIL dollars, that's what we need to do. Uh, but, you know, the, the thing is things are changing now too where you're going to see a shift to I think more of a 60-40-50-50 type thing with most teams at that in the future. Because what's happened is these top recruits are going to these schools. They're not getting the deals they were promised. They're jumping in the transfer portal. Well, now all of a sudden you got a guy who was a five-star a year ago who's ticked it off because, you know, Florida, for instance, uh, didn't come through on his deal. And now, hey, I'm back in the transfer portal. Uh, it, it was the kid, what, the, the Florida State quarterback, or Florida quarterback, right? Yeah, promised him thir- thir- $13 million. First yeah. paycheck came up. They gave him zero. And, and now he said bye-bye. Arizona State without an NIL deal. He's got no NIL dollars in Arizona State. So, you know, I think we're going to see more of a balanced emphasis because of what NIL is doing to the sport as we move forward. Right now, I'm going to say 70-30. I would say within the next three to five years, you're going to see that more 60-40-50-50 type thing. Larry says, so now a recruit has to consider a path to the field on Saturdays and or a paycheck. Hard to balance both. He's right. Yeah, you're not wrong, Larry. Uh, all right, let's move on to our next topic. Um, by the way, we will we will come back, and we're going to start diving into recruiting. That's what we yes. do big time in the off seasons. Probably starting next week, we're going to start breaking down recruiting like we've never done here before because we now have this new medium to do it with. And um, you're going to actually physically get to see the highlight videos of some of these guys we're going to talk about. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I think you're really going to enjoy that. And so we're going to get to get your feedback in live time, what you think of someone's highlight video. And we'll cut that up into little segments. Um, so because some of them are super long, we'll, we'll cut it up to you know a handful of plays. Uh, for you and we'll start to break down some of these recruits and we and we're going to do most of the kids we're going to talk about are going to be from ohio because like i said this 2024 class from ohio is fantastic and really it, it needs to, it needs to be the emphasis of ryan day and his staff all right let's have some fun here let's talk about this chris who deserves a statue outside of the shoe okay so i wrote this down here's what i know currently chris when it comes to statues woody hayes has two but they're not outside the horseshoe one is outside of the whack the woody hayes athletic center it's a giant one the other one is over on lane avenue in front of a store Uh, he also has a third one over in his uh hometown of newcomerstown Mm -hmm. in front of a woody hayes museum that's out there uh, Jesse Owens has two. He has one outside of the Jesse Owens Memorial Stadium there on campus, which to me I think is probably one of the coolest statues Ohio State has. And he has a second one up in Cleveland, which I believe is also his hometown. Chick Harley actually has a small statue over on Champion Avenue in Columbus. Mm-hmm. And Brutus has them all over campus. I think there's like literally like five or six of them inside the shot, and he's got one outside the shot. 
And then I didn't know this one, Chris, but Paul Brown has one. Paul Brown, the first ever coach to win a national championship with Ohio State. He has one down in Miami University uh, where he had coached before he became the head coach at Ohio State. Of course, that's the cradle of coaches down there in Oxford, Ohio. Um, and he's one of them that has one there. So those are the statues that I know of. Okay, there might be more. And if you know more, put them down in the comments below. But we said, hey, it's time to put a statue outside of the horseshoe, okay? Maybe right there in front of the rotunda. Uh, they got some kind of weird piece of art there right now that... Yeah, it I freaks me out a little. It, it's weird. but uh, And they just put up that nice little Ohio historical marker Yes. Uh, outside the shoe. But we need a statue, Chris. And so here's the question. You get to sit down in front of Gene Smith and you get to tell, ask him or at least give your opinion to him on who deserves a statue outside of the horseshoe coming this season. Chris, who are you going to go with? Uh, first off, I'm going to go with Archie Griffin. I mean, how can you not? The guy's a two-time Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, he has the most rushing yards in Buckeye history. Has the most yards per game in Buckeye history. Uh, you know, just and, and everything he's done for the campus, for the university, after his playing days were over. This guy is Mr. Ohio State. It is a travesty that there is not a statue of Archie Griffin outside the stadium. <laughs> it's hard to argue that. It really is hard to argue that. And you're not the only one who says that, man. Um, there's one, a Facebook user that says Archie Griffin, so they agree with you already there. Uh, Larry Daniels says maybe a college of bus heads filling the col uh, the scallops on the outside of the shoe, Archie Griffin, exclamation mark. All right, I'm not going to disagree with you, but I'm going to try to take the other side of an argument here. Okay. Let's, let's maybe look at um, bringing Chick Harley's statue, if you will, or getting a new one, because the horseshoe is the house that Harley built. Fair enough. I know he's not a two-time winning Heisman Trophy I, winner. I know Archie Griffin has been the face of Ohio State for um, four decades, a couple decades. decades. <laughs> yeah. Um, he went to the NFL, didn't have much of a career, you know, when he went to the Bengals, but he's been a great advocate for the Ohio State. But I think. Maybe Chick Harley needs to get a little bit of consideration here since this is the house he built, technically, you know? Yeah. Um, here's another one. It says, uh, all the Heisman winners scattered around on the outside. That's what Oklahoma did. Yeah. Oklahoma and it's not a bad it. idea. It's really not. Uh, these guys did a lot for the university, uh, for the program. Um, you know, you look. Now, now, they didn't all win national titles, but you know what? they sure brought a lot of recognition and a lot of respect to the programs. Uh, yeah. All of them. I mean, you talk about Troy Smith, you talk about Eddie George, uh, of course, Hopalong Cassidy, uh, Les Horvath. Uh, and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to not even name them all off, but you know, these guys did so much for the program that, you know, I, I don't have a problem with having all the Heisman trophy winners have, have statues around the, the shoe. It would be kind of cool it, on the player walk as they go from um, St. John's, St. John's Arena over. up yeah. to that 
that that pathway that they walk if there were statues of the Heisman Trophy winners looking at them as they walk that way. And, and they, they can even hang the hand cool. the rope in the hands of the Heisman Trophy winners to keep us all back, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Those, those guys, man. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Now, here's the deal. Um, tonight's interview with the with Lisa, the Buckeye uh, football fangirl, was pre-recorded on Friday night. We want to invite you to stick around and watch this video. Uh, she is not live. We already did this on Friday. Um, so any comments or questions you put in the comments, sorry, we're not going to be able to share them. This interview already happened. But... Um, we wanted her to be a part of the show. And, and when you watch this and listen to this interview, you're going to see why she is, she's not just a pretty face, Chris. She knows her stuff, man. She does. And just so positive, such great energy. Just awesome. Yeah. So make sure you stick around after our commercial, watch this. We will be back next Sunday. We're going to talk crouton, everybody. So go over there and, and do your research on uh, these top kids from Ohio. We're going to start breaking down their films right here on the OHIO podcast. Thank you so much for watching everybody stick around for this interview. We'll be right back with that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. And welcome back, everybody, to the OHIO podcast. And as you see, we have been joined by our lovely guest, the Buckeye football fangirl herself, Lisa. Lisa, thanks for joining us. Thank you, and thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, and I love your new YouTube format for your show. That's awesome that you guys are doing that now. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, after four years of... Uh, hearing our voices we thought we would scare everybody with our faces so we definitely oh. upped we, we definitely upped uh the viewing pleasure you could say by bringing yourself on here so thank you for adding a little bit more of facial credit to us today because we have faces for radio <laughs> i don't know what you guys are talking about but no i i love your show and i've been a fan for for maybe four years i I've lost track of how long I've been listening to it, but maybe, maybe since you started, that's around the time when I started 
really kind of digging in and diving into more podcasts and um, YouTube videos and stuff like that was was around 2019. So yeah, like well, it's lining up. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, we appreciate that. And we moving up in the world, you could say. But we've also enjoyed, at least I have personally, I have enjoyed uh, your YouTube channel. I love watching and getting a recap and a preview of the games. Uh, I think you do a fantastic job of that. It's always uh, it's always encouraging and enthusiastic, and I appreciate that. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about the book, a Buckeye Football Fangirl YouTube channel and where they can find it? Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. Um, I have a lot of fun doing it. And like you said, I try to be positive. I try to be upbeat. Obviously, it's much harder after the losses uh, than the wins, but um, I, I really enjoy uh, being Buckeye football fangirl. I'm, I'm Lisa also, um, so anybody who's watching, feel free to you know refer to me. Buckeye football fangirl, Lisa, I'll answer to both. Uh, but Buckeye football fangirl, you can find me on YouTube. You just type in Buckeye football fangirl and I should come up in this search. And like Eric was saying, I do preview videos before the games. I'll do a recap of the previous game uh, in that video as well and just kind of sum it up. I like to also um, kind of pull in some tweets from fans and I'll read some tweets uh, that either happen during the game or maybe some reactions after the game or uh, even kind of some thoughts about the game that's coming up in my shows that I do. I, I typically do them once a week during the football season too, and just have a lot of fun doing that. And then I'm also on Twitter. You can find me Buckeye Football Fangirl on Twitter, where I'm just tweeting out random things throughout the week, trying to get people hyped up for the game, as I myself am getting very excited and hyped up for the game. And then I also like to um, tweet during the game usually. So not like a live tweet, play-by-play -play breakdown, but more just reactions to the big plays and kind of the key moments during the game. Uh, so that's just a lot of fun for me. And I love just interacting with people on Twitter as well. Other Ohio State Buckeye fans during the game, it just, you know, makes it so much more fun for me when I'm watching the game here. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I, I love, I, I've just really gotten recently a chance to start watching your your YouTube channel, and I love your positivity because so often, you know, and Eric will be the first to tell you, I'm not always the most positive person in the world. <laughs> uh, so, you know, what though, what motivated you to start the YouTube channel? Well, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I really started to dive into listening to more podcasts and watching YouTube videos before the games in about 2019. Um, and just more watching the games since I was doing that. And I always felt like, even though I would listen to so many before the game, like there was never enough. Like I would still have like a day or, um, a couple hours where I just wanted to fill more more time and more space with Buckeye content before, you know, waiting for the game to start on Saturdays. So I created my show just as another outlet um, for people to be able to come and get pumped up for the game, get, you know, excited for the game. I specifically wanted to not do as much of the the breakdowns of players and, and plays and stuff stuff like that, but just be a fun place where people could come and kind of provide a curated space where people could get excited for the game. Um, I do try to keep it 
on the positive side? Because I know uh, sometimes it can it can get so easy to just get wrapped up in the negative. And um, but overall, I just I just try to keep it more fun and more positive for for people who are watching and tuning in. Um, and so I created it kind of like I was saying, just as another show for people to watch. And then it also gave me an outlet too to just be excited about Buckeye football <laughs> and and just kind of take everything that I was excited about when I was hearing, you know, other people talk about Buckeye football on podcasts and just uh, also like have a place to share some of the things that I was hearing and learning and, and getting excited about. So that's really how it started. And it's, it's, kind of evolve from there, uh, that foundation to, to what it is today. Beautiful. So one of the things I noticed is uh, through our conversations, you're on the West Coast, girl. Yeah, so I am. What, what, <laughs> what is it like being a Buckeye fan all the way out there in Cali? Ah, it can be lonely sometimes. <laughs> There's lots of USC and UCLA fans around me because I'm specifically in Los Angeles. So, you know, those two fan bases are pretty strong and prominent out here. Um, but I do, you know, I grew up in Ohio. So I'm originally from Northeast Ohio, born and raised for 18 years before, um, you know, I went to college and then I moved out here after college and I've been here ever since. Um, but I, it's definitely one of those things where I wish there were more Buckeye fans that I knew personally out here to watch the game with. Um, unfortunately, I don't have very many Buckeye connections out here. Um, I have gone certain places and watched the games with some other Buckeye fans a handful of times in the past, but it's not something that I do you know, regularly. But I think that's just another reason to why I love doing this show. And I love interacting with people on Twitter, because it makes me just feel closer to Buckeye Nation as a whole, even though I am on the West Coast. But, you know, being on the West Coast and being three hours behind everybody, normally when the game is being played, a lot of mornings, I might roll out of bed on a Saturday and just be able to start watching Buckeye football at 9am. So that's definitely, you know, something that's different watching on the West Coast. Uh, the late night games also are not as late night for me so <laughs> typically you know um for example the the game against georgia ended at 1201 a.m on the east coast but it was only 9 901 here so um there's definitely that that time difference that um i've uh, noticed and uh, sometimes i enjoy it more than others sometimes the 9 a.m games can be rough but if i do you know stick to a normal routine and I, I get to bed on time the night before. <laughs> That's the tricky part. Uh, it can be fun to just roll out of bed and uh, be able to enjoy the game during, uh, you know, an early morning game there. <laughs> so before Chris asks the next one here, I'm going to jump in real fast, Chris. I mean, you had to be pretty ecstatic that USC and UCLA are joining the Big Ten. Yeah, I was really pumped to see that and to hear that. And especially, you know, all my USC friends and UCLA friends, we've been talking about it a lot. We're really excited. Uh, I think it's going to bring a whole new level of competition. Just me watching the game here whenever Ohio State ends up playing USC and UCLA. That's, that's definitely going to be fun. So did you say you uh, went to school in California then? I didn't go to school in California. So I actually okay. did a year in Pennsylvania and then I did three years. I finished up in Florida and then I moved to California. Oh, okay. So you grew up in Northeast Ohio, 
Yes. Did a year in Pennsylvania, did three years in Florida. You know, in, in Northeast Ohio, I know you've got a lot of Pitt fans, a lot of Notre Dame fans, a lot of uh, even Penn State fans. H- how is it that you became a huge Buckeye fan? <laughs> well, you could say I was born and raised a Buckeye fan. So my family is pretty much, they're all Buckeye fans. Um, my dad is a huge Buckeye fan, and that's where I learned to root for and love the Buckeyes. His dad was a huge Buckeye fan. Um, he was also, I've heard stories about how, you know, when my dad was growing up, his dad was a farmer and he would take the radio with him on the tractor and listen to the Buckeye games and depending on, you know, if they won or lost, <laughs> react accordingly. But yeah, I, I was just raised in a Buckeye uh, household. I grew up watching the games with my dad and my brother. I wasn't as interested in the games when I was younger. It wasn't until I got a little bit older, kind of more teenager. And I'd say kind of the perfect storm happened where I was starting high school in uh, 2002, and I was also a band geek, so I was going to all the football, high school football games, playing in the band there, but I got interested and kind of more into watching and uh, learning about uh, how the game was played and understanding what was going on during that time period, and it was also, obviously, the 2002 Ohio State team was a pretty good team, so um, I had a lot of fun watching them play that year and then go on to win the national championship, Uh, so that was kind of the perfect, I guess, segue into my personal Ohio State fandom. Because ever since then, you know, I, I had followed them and uh, watched them. Uh, maybe not as closely as I do now. Um, I would have my favorite players and and, and root for them. But now I, I think I definitely get a lot into the granular aspects and and learning a lot more um, about the players and, and specifically you know, what's going on with a lot more of that now. So, so where did you grow up at in Northeast Ohio? Just out of curiosity. Not too far outside of Youngstown, uh, a okay. little kind of middle of nowhere town, but uh, the biggest, the biggest town in the area was Youngstown. So that's kind of where I, where I hail from. Well, I, I was just kind of curious if you had any players at your high school or anything like that, that may have, moved on to Ohio State that you were no uh, yeah, not at like my it. high school my mm-hmm. high school was my high school was pretty small so there were there were it was one of those high schools where there were 100 kids pretty much in each grade okay. so 400 kids total in the whole high school so we were pretty small um as far as as high schools go so nobody that I've known personally has gone on to play at Ohio State but you know just in general just following my favorite players over the years has been fun. Okay. All right, Lisa. How about how about we ask you this question? So since you brought, talked to us a little bit about how you became a Buckeye fan, why don't you share with us and for the uh, watchers and listeners maybe one or two of your greatest Buckeye memories? Yeah, so when it comes to memories, I kind of – want to take this two different ways. So I think just being a Buckeye fan and thinking about the memories of that, I think some of my fondest memories are just watching these games with my family. So with my dad, with my brothers, with, um, you know, nieces and nephews and sister and sister-in-laws. So those are just some of my most cherished uh, memories that I have just 
looking forward to the game, watching it with them, celebrating usually after a win together. Um, but then if we're talking specific football game memories um, or football play memories, I'd have to go back kind of recently to the Ohio State Clemson game, the last time that we played them and beat them. And it was just uh, such a great feeling to win that game, especially after all of the Dabo being Dabo and ranking us 11th <laughs> and <laughs> all that happening. And, and the game the year, the uh, game the year before that brutal, heartbreaking loss. Um, it was just so, so amazing to come back and just watch Ohio State stomp Clemson. That has to be one of my favorite moments ever. <laughs> okay, so that's your favorite. Yes. What what is what is your worst memory? Uh so worst memory. <laughs> I have two for this too. So I'd have to say my absolute worst or least favorite memory would have been the Clemson game the year before that when you know it was that last minute like pass Justin Fields to Chris Olave and Chris Olave runs the wrong route and the mis miscommunication and just like they had it and they had a chance and at the end it was just like sucked out and I remember like crying after that game because it was so upsetting and um yeah it was just a brutal loss and then um I think tied to that just as bad was the Michigan game this year and I went to that game with my dad and my brothers and I took my son and that ride home after the game was just, ugh, it was awful. <laughs> um, you know, I try to take the positive out of any situation and just being able, that was my first Ohio State game in the shoe. So that alone was an incredible experience, like going to the shoe, experiencing the pregame, having you know the excitement building up to that uh it was amazing obviously though the game did not go the way we wanted it to and it was just brutal brutal that ride home was you know one of the longest rides <laughs> after that but so i'd say kind of top two worst memories are probably tied i did not know that was your first game um yeah, Gosh, it was. I'm sorry, but at the same time, it's still like to see the shoe for the first time when you walk up on it and you see this just monstrosity of a of a of a coliseum that was built Ugh. almost almost a hundred years ago, Chris, if I'm not mistaken. It's yeah, hundred years, hundred years this year. They celebrated they celebrated a hundred years this past season and yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that's how old it is. It's it's an amazing place to be. Almost as old as I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not to not to rain on this this pity party we're having right now, but <laughs> I gotta I gotta ask you this question, Lisa. Do you feel like this season was a failure, given the expectations that we had as fans? We, we have some super high expectations. I personally don't feel like it was a failure. Um, obviously, never want to lose, you know, to, to Michigan or TTUN. Never want to lose to them. Um, 
So that that was brutal. But I do feel coming back, playing Georgia down to the wire um, was an awesome showing for the team. I, I think coming out of last last year, we knew there were major things that needed to be fixed. Still some major need to be fixed going into this this next season. But I look as a year for the defense where they were figuring so much out and implementing, you know, the new coaches and um, a new style of defense, a new style of play there. I think it's just a lot. And while we didn't end with the national championship, which is always the goal as well, <laughs> I think playing Georgia to the wire in that semifinal game, which probably should have been the national championship game, um, was was an awesome showing by Ohio State. I, I think that game was an incredible game to watch as a fan. And even though it didn't go the way that we all wanted it to at the very end, um, you know, there were there were chances to win it. You know, not I'm not putting it on that last minute. There were several other plays and chances to win it all throughout that game. <laughs> right. Um, mm-hmm. but I I personally was was proud of how the Buckeyes played. And I was I was happy with the fight that they played with, with the um physicality that they showed during that game as well. Uh I overall, you know, I well, I would have liked it to go a different way, obviously. <laughs> I I was I was proud and happy of the fight that we saw on the field that night. I'm curious what you guys think about that. Chris? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm sure you've heard. We, we had a discussion about this right after the season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we came away with no Heisman. No win over the, the team up north. No national title, no conference title. We were we were over four. That 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 you know, sadly I've got to feel like that's a bit of a failure. Um, I yeah. really do. I feel like yeah. this team will be looked at in the same light as what is it, the ninety-eight team, Chris? Yes. Um, best the best roster, possibly one of the best rosters mm-hmm. in college football. Had everything set up there for you, and then you stubbed your toe in one game, and it ruined everything for your season. And I feel that it yeah. is a, in a lot of ways um, what has happened to Ohio State in, uh, what was it, 20, 2019 yeah. uh, with the Clemson loss. We had that great roster, yeah. Chase Young, uh, Justin Fields. Um, you know what, now, I put more of that Clemson loss on the rest. forces outside of our control. Right. I mean, there was some of that this year versus Georgia, but I really do. When I look back at that Clemson game, those were that that yeah. was a complete debacle. I'm with you, Chris. I'm with you there. <laughs> Ugh. So, Eric, somehow it came down to me with this one. Yeah, we talked, I, I, we talked about it before the show. It's just it's it's just it's how the the planets align for you, my friend. So, so we're gonna go ahead and just kind of. Follow up with the was the season a, fa- a failure uh, question with, do you feel that Ryan Day is the right guy for this job? <laughs> you guys are asking me all the great questions <laughs> because they're all the loaded ones. Um, and I I feel like I have a, a pretty good pulse on how Ohio State fans feel about this. 
I feel like I listen to enough podcasts too to know how the general consent or what the general consensus is around this. And I feel like my personal opinion doesn't always align with that, especially in this instance. I do really like Ryan Day as a head coach. I think there are obviously major blunders, um, such as the the last two years of losing to TTUN, not pulling out this win over Georgia. Um, I, those those are just the top two of mind right now that I would consider kind of the worst uh, things on his resume. But overall, other than that, I think that what, what I've seen from him as a coach, I think he's learning and growing in the right ways. I think he is, he's shown he has been willing to make big changes um, to the coaching staff, bringing in Knowles, kind of changing up almost all the coaches on the defensive side of the ball there. Um, I think he is showing some growth in admitting that he sees and understands why he needs to step away from some of the play calling uh, or being as involved in, in play calling in the future. Um, obviously, we don't know what that's going to look like coming up this year or the year after that, if that's going to be an immediate change he's going to make or something that comes around a little bit later and takes a little bit longer to actually play out. Um, but I think just overall kind of those two things, I I still like Ryan Day as the head coach. I think this year is a very big and pivotal year for him. And depending on how it goes, it could sway my opinion to the other side. But, but I am still on the side of I think he is the right man for the job right now. I think he has shown that he he has areas he needs to grow in, but I think he's taking steps to try to grow in those areas and to try to make some changes and really step more into that that CEO role as opposed to offensive coordinator, mastermind, play calling mastermind, uh, which I think he's been really comfortable in um, and is good at, obviously. <laughs> um, but I, I still do think he is the man for the job. So you and I are much closer together, Lisa, on this topic than than Chris. Chris over here, he's uh, he was ready to pull the trigger and, and fire him uh, before he even got to the uh, CFP. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I think this is a very pivotal year for Ryan Day. And so on that note, let's turn the page and let's talk a little bit about this upcoming season. What are some things you're you're looking at this offseason, you're following, uh, maybe some storylines or position battles or things that you're going to be watching this offseason in preparation for that 2023 season this fall? Yeah, I think the biggest one is the quarterback battle. Um, I'm not as worried about the offense, though, as the defense. I'm really, really... Like where, where I'm going to be focusing the most is just hearing what's happening on defense. The The defensive side of the ball, I think, is the side that still needs to be majorly improved heading into this year if we want to accomplish those goals, if we want to be TTUN, if we want to be Big Ten champs, if we want to win the national championship. I think it all hangs on the defense getting better. So I think hearing about how the defense is progressing during uh, spring practices, you know, getting a slight glimpse maybe into that during the spring game um, and then hearing how it continues to progress over, you know, summer practices as we're heading into uh, the season. 
that that's what I'm going to be most interested in specifically, you know, hearing about the, the, um, secondary play. So hearing about, you know, the cornerbacks and how they're progressing and who might actually be stepping up in that room and, um, you know, who will, who will actually be starting in those positions when we kick off this season against Indiana. Uh, so I think that's where my biggest interest lies heading into the 23 season. How about you guys? For me, I'm being a big dude. To me, it's all offensive line. Um, we have two returning starters in the offensive line. How's that going to gel with a new quarterback? We have all the offensive weapons there that you could possibly want, all the offensive toys. But you, if you don't have, number one, time enough to throw the football, it doesn't matter. And number two, if you don't have the guy who can get it to him, it doesn't matter. Now, I am extremely confident, like you, Lisa, in the development of our quarterbacks with Ryan Day. I think yeah. he's. I think he's done a. He's done a better job developing that position than anyone ever in the history of Ohio State, and he's only been here doing it now for what seven years, including when he was the uh, quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator. So I'm not terribly worried about that, and I also have a good feeling about Coach Fry and that offensive line. I think he can coach these guys up, and yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they're not done trying to look at the portal maybe to see who might come out of spring ball from another program who they might be able to grab and also bolster that offensive line a little bit. So mm -hmm. you bring up a good one, Chris, what about you? What are some of your things? Uh, for me, I'm actually going to agree with Lisa here. I'm going to be looking at that defensive side of the ball, specifically two things, the defensive backs and how aggressive is our defensive line. Specifically, mm. that jack position with, with with Sawyer and are we going to see JTT putting up monster games like he did against Penn State? Uh, I hope we are. <laughs> I mean, I think those two guys are obviously going to be the key to our pass rush. Um, also, you know, I want to see what influence having James Goronitis back in the building is going to have. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, for me, it's about the defense. I think that the offense is going to be okay. I think Kyle McCord is a... Very good quarterback. He's got chemistry already with, uh, you know, with our, our number one receiver in Marvin Harrison yep. Jr. Um, I'm with you, Eric. I think that uh, Fry is going to have that line looking good. Um, I've I got a lot of confidence in him after seeing his performance with the line last year. So, yeah, for me, it's all about the defense. So, that being said, you know, one of the biggest things we have a problem with here. Uh, on our show, Lisa, is what do we do to fill the time until the new season starts? Uh, you know, we, we've done some, some movie reviews. We, we've done, you know, of course, we get heavy into recruiting as we get further into the spring. But what do you do to fill the time with your YouTube channel during the offseason? <laughs> Honestly, I kind of go radio silent <laughs> during the offseason. I've I noticed this. <laughs> You noticed that, yeah. yeah. No, I I don't do a lot to be honest. I usually end this season because it's a it's a lot of work pumping out videos, planning them, filming them, editing them, getting them up, planning the tweets, tweeting the tweets. Like it's a lot. I, I tend to get a little bit on the burnt outside by the last game. Um, so I've had about a month to just kind of breathe now, which has been nice. Um, I'm feeling a little bit more refreshed. So I'm not 
personally going to be doing anything super public with my channel, though I am laying the groundwork for the 2023 season, and I'm really excited about what I have coming up for that. Um, I will probably be commenting, you know, obviously watching and commenting on the spring game once that happens. If there's any large kind of breaking news, I'll probably jump in and comment about it more on Twitter than on my YouTube channel, though. Um, but I like to take the off season to just take some time off. Personally, I don't know why. I've just never been able to get super into following recruiting either. And so um, that's another aspect you know, I, I know a lot of a lot of uh, other podcasts and channels do love following that and get into that a little bit more during the off season, but that's just not my jam, and so I just haven't really gotten into to covering that either. I I like focusing on the games, and that's really where like my I feel like my content thrives, and and that's what I enjoy doing. But I am working on several things for the coming season. I really. Uh, want to create, like I said, a curated space for those who bleed scarlet and gray. So um, one of the tweets I sent out during this past season was just asking for podcast recommendations. And that got such a huge response that I want to do something with this. So I'm going to build some sort of a directory where people can go and just find where some of these great Ohio State podcasts are, um, whether it's a podcast or a YouTube channel or something where people can just go and listen to it before the game. Um, so that's one of the things I'm going to be focusing on, some additional resources I'm hoping to build out within that as well. Um, and then just getting ready for the 2023 season. I'm hoping to bring on a couple of sponsors. So if anybody knows anybody, I'd love to, to get connected. But that's just a personal goal for me and my channel as well. Going into the 2023 season um, and then just really getting ready to hit the ground running as soon as we start to uh, get into August. I'm going to be starting to, to do videos again then. But I know it is a challenge to fill that space in between the last game and then the first game of the next season. Um, but I, yeah, I don't well, do a whole I lot. I understand needing a break, and, and nobody needs a break more than Eric because he's doing all the same things that you're doing, and, and he's managing a team of hopeless losers underneath him. Oh, stop. <laughs> I don't know about he's, that, he's but Eric, got, I got, really have a lot of work. Little group all in line. <laughs> oh, you ever heard that saying, the blind leadeth the blind? They both fall in the ditch. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're about to, uh, – our hands are up here trying to get help from you, Lisa, to help us out. But I'll say this. If you ever get the itch during the offseason and you want to talk, you are more than welcome to always come on the OHIO podcast and talk uh, Buckeye football with us, Lisa. We truly oh, appreciate you. your your channel, and I want to encourage everybody out there – Make sure you go to the Buckeye fan the Buckeye Football Fangirl channel on YouTube. Like it, subscribe, ring the bell so that when she drops a new uh, video on you, it'll let you know, hey, she, she's got a new video for you to watch. And I love your idea about creating a, a curating a spot for all of the Buckeye content that's out there. Um, there's some places out there that try to do that, but it's not Buckeye-focused. And so they just mm -hmm. grab different things from Google here and there and throw it together. And it, so they have things on there that haven't posted of an episode for three years. And uh. it's like, why is this even here? Right. So someone goes there yeah. and the last episode was from a Michigan state game in 2020. So it's like, come on. But uh, <laughs> I love that idea. And of course we would love to be a part of that as well. But 
We're going to end this portion of the interview. And thank you so much again, Lisa, for coming on and being a part of, of this with, uh, with us. But I've got to ask the question. It's the question I ask everybody. And I always love the answers that I get. And so now it's your turn as the Buckeye football fangirl. What does it mean to Lisa to be a Buckeye? What does it mean to be a Buckeye? So for me, I love, I guess I'll start with just, I love being a Buckeye because of the camaraderie that you feel with other Buckeye fans. I think that, you know, the, the football players talk about the brotherhood and how strong that is for them. And that's one of the major pulls and reasons why they end up going to Ohio State. But I think there's just such a camaraderie amongst Ohio State football fans and Buckeye football fans that whenever you see or you meet another Buckeye football fan, like you, there's just this bond that you have between them. You just know you guys have been through the same highs and lows over the team over the past, you know, however many years. And there's just something that that bonds you guys together, especially, you know, me being out on the West Coast and not being surrounded by Buckeye fans like I was when I was growing up. If I'm out and I'm wearing my Buckeye gear and somebody says like, oh, H, and then, you know, it's just so much fun to respond back. I O and then just kind of connect or, you know, sometimes I'll be wearing my my sweatshirt um, my Ohio State sweatshirt and I'm out and about and somebody will be like, yeah, go Buckeyes. Are you going to watch the game or something like that? Um, and so it's just, it's, it's so much fun. Like being a Buckeye, I think just means like you have that camaraderie and that bond with so many other people, no matter where they're located, they can be spread out, you know, around the country, around the world even. Um, and it just, it, it extends so much further beyond, you know, the great state of Ohio. Um, I think that's really kind of like the core of, of my favorite parts of being a Buckeye and what being a Buckeye means to me. Yeah, so I want to throw that question back to you guys. Oh, have whoa, you guys whoa. ever, have you guys ever answered this question? <laughs> oh, I don't think we have enough time to answer this question for me. It is, um, Man. it is, I tell you, I tell you what, Lisa, I tell you what. We will have a special episode this off season where I will go into why I even ask this question. How about that? Because um, I, <laughs> not to not to make things political or religious or anything, but outside of Ohio State, outside of it's, of it's my faith, here. outside of my faith and my family, Ohio State has brought me through a lot of bad times in my life. Mm. And so having a community to be a part of that, no matter what background you come from, no matter what you're going through in your life, when you hear that, OH, you're in it, you know, oh, it's, yeah. it's gotta be an IO, you know? So oh, yeah. I, I love that aspect of it. And I will, I will, I will promise I will have an episode this year, uh, this off season where we attack that very topic of personally. So um, we just don't have awesome. enough time for that tonight, <laughs> but Hey, thank you so much once again for coming on and being a part. And I truly mean this. You need to, you need to vet and you need to get something off your chest and off your mind. You can come to the OHIO podcast and uh, we will offer you a platform to just let us have it because I'll tell you, if you get a little upset, Chris is going to jump in there with you. I promise you. Nice. Nice. <laughs> one, one argument with one, one Michigan fan. And I've never heard the end of it. 
Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate the the invite and the chance to just come on your show and be a part of this channel. And um, I will definitely let you know whenever that time comes up in the off season. Uh, I appreciate that, Eric. So thank you, Eric. And thank you, Chris, for having me on here. This has been really fun. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. And we're so glad that this medium was made available to us so we can do this very thing. And so all of you out there, thanks for watching. Make sure you do hit that like and subscribe button, ring the bell and all of those good things so we can continue to grow and find more great Buckeye fans out there just like yourself. And remember, be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH. Until next time, OH! I owe! Go Bucks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.